Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. So this Sunday, if you don't know already, is Freedom Sunday. And I have come, honestly, with an expectation in my spirit that God is going to do just that. He's going to set some people free this morning, amen, that people are going to be delivered, people are going to be released. People are going to find that freedom. Weights are coming off this morning in Jesus' name. So can I ask you, in light of that, would you just lean in with me a little bit this morning? Let the Word of God just speak to your heart as we worship. Because really all I want to do is I want to invite the Holy Spirit into a place where He can just minister to you. Amen? So let me start off by saying this. God wants you free. God wants you free. And you think, I understand that, but I want you to hear that this morning. God wants you free. He sent His Son to the cross to die that you and I would live free. In fact, the, the, the work of Calvary should leave a fingerprint on the life of the believer that we identify them as people that live free. Amen. John 8, 36, we know He says, So if the Son sets you free... You will be free indeed. So why is it then that we seem sometimes to struggle with that concept of freedom? Right? That we can be sons and daughters of the Most High God, forgiven. We've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yet despite all that, life still seems to throw us the curveballs. Right? Life still gets hard. We can go through days and weeks and seasons and months and years of feeling overcome, feeling overwhelmed, feeling tempted, feeling... Tormented, and so we can kind of live with this discrepancy. We know what God wants for us, but we're not living it, right? Well, the inconvenient truth, my friend, this morning is this that you and I live in this constant state as believers of spiritual tension, right? Because on the one hand, we have the Spirit of God made alive on the inside of us, waiting to lead us into all truth, lead us to do the right thing, and then we have the Spirit of this world. That's challenging us to do the wrong thing, do what we want to do. And so we live in this constant spiritual tension. And Peter brings definition to the spirit of the world in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says this, he says, be alert and of sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I want to say this, regardless of how washed or clean or spiritual you may be, and we are by faith. It doesn't stop the enemy from continually wanting to look for opportunities to get his foot into your life. I want you to understand this. If Jesus Christ, full of the Spirit of God, is led out into a dry place and tempted by the devil, you and I are not immune. You and I are not immune from that. So what is his purpose and what is his mission? Well, he only has one. And it's this, John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Christ wants to come into your life so that he can bring you life and that you would have it in abundance, right? So how does the enemy do this? Well, I want to talk for a moment about temptation. And you might be going, temptation? Yeah, but really, why? Because that's how it all started, right? With temptation. Genesis 3, 1 to 5 says this. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say... You must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. The devil, certainly you won't die, Eve. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
Sometimes the place we end up in life that seems a little bit disconnected from God is a place that we very subtly can arrive at because we've walked down a road that started at a gate called temptation. Right? And so maybe you find yourself in a place where that hope for you of things being different, things getting better, things looking brighter, is starting to fade. Maybe you're in a place where I'm, I'm so certain that there were dreams and desires God put in my heart or they feel like they're, they're not there anymore or they're dying. Or maybe you're in a place where you've just been in the wrong place for too long. You've been in the wrong circumstance or the wrong mindset for too long that you've kind of almost pitched a tent and you're calling it home. And now this is who you are and this is how you identify your life. And surely, you know what? This is just the way it's going to be. This is my life. This is how I've got to live it. But I want to tell you something unequivocally this morning, church. It's not the way it has to be. It's not. You do not have to accept what the enemy is trying to do to you or what the enemy is trying to pull you through. You don't have to camp there. This morning you can be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to remind you of God's word this morning. And I want to speak truth into you this morning. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it's the Apostle Paul saying this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common in mankind. And God is what? God is faithful. I want to say that again. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is faithful. I want you to hear that this morning. Somebody needs to hear that this morning because you've lost that hope. God is faithful. He will never leave you. He will not forsaken you. He will not abandon you. When your life and friends and circumstances have given up on you, I want you to know this. God will never give up on you. He is faithful to always provide a way out. Amen. And I used to struggle with this scripture. Man, I used to struggle with the scripture. I'd be going through seasons where I was under temptation or just under attack and nothing was going right. And I'd be crying out to God desperately. God, I don't understand the scripture because you say there's always a way out, but I don't see it. And I don't feel like I can take on any more than what life is throwing at me right now. And I remember one day God just challenging me and speaking to me directly. And he said, Justin, I've always been faithful to you. I've always provided a door in the middle of your circumstances. But here's the thing. You've never chosen to get close enough to me to see it. And you've never taken the time to strengthen yourself in me that you can actually walk through it. And I want you to hear me this morning. God is always faithful. He will always provide a way out for you and I. But it is ultimately up to us whether or not we choose to walk out of it. Can we go a little bit deeper this morning, church? I want you to stay with me. Don't walk away. Don't switch off. I want to look at a powerful scripture in Galatians 5, 16 to 17. And the Apostle Paul is telling us this. He says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. You'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. Walk by the Spirit. Do the right thing. Stay close to God. Walk by the Spirit. And what does the Apostle Paul say? You're not going to want to gratify the desires of of the flesh. What are those desires of the flesh? The Bible talks about those sin, that sinful nature that unfortunately we inherited all those many moons ago that is constantly raging against the Spirit of God on the inside of us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you understand that there's this battle. There's this war that goes on on the outside of us and on the inside of us where the Spirit wants what God wants for you. Yeah. 
But the spirit of the earth wants something different, right? So we're in conflict with one another. And some of you can relate to this. I know the Apostle Paul can relate to this. He says it beautifully in Romans 7. He says, guys, I just don't get this. What I want to do, I'm not doing it. And what I know I shouldn't be doing, I keep doing it. And, and it's this fight and this conflict, and I don't get it. And how many of you can relate to that? Well, I want to do what's good, but I don't do it. This year, 2021, I'm starting out every day in the Word of God. Day three comes around, and I'm not in the Word of God anymore, right? Or I'm going to stop spending money. Oh, those runners, they're half price. I'm going to do the responsible thing and buy them because they're special, right? Or no, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to get buff. But there's a 5% chance of rain tomorrow. I don't want it raining on my shoes. I've just got it a discount, so I'm going to roll over in bed. I'm going to wait for a better day, right? Come on. I'm not going to get angry at my husband anymore, but I just threw a shoe at him. How did that happen? I've lost count of the times that Ange and I have had robust conversations. All you men, follow me on this because you're going you're gonna to agree. I can feel it. Robust conversations and Ange is getting a little bit fired up. And in my head, I'm thinking, don't say what you want to say right now. Don't say it. Love Ange. Like Jesus loved the church. Love Ange. Jesus loved... And then I have an out-of-body experience and I'm watching myself say what I shouldn't say. And as it comes out, everything just falls apart. And I'm like, ah, why did I do what I know I shouldn't have done, but I did it anyway, right? Why does that happen? Why is it such a struggle? Here's a key thought. It's not a new thought. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I just want to remind you of this thought. What you feed grows. What you starve dies. That's practical, right? What you feed grows. If you are feeding your body nutrients, Good food, keeping it hydrated, you're gonna get strong, you're gonna grow, you're gonna be healthy, right? You're gonna get fit, you're gonna look after yourself. If you starve yourself, over time, worst case scenario, what's gonna happen? Well, it's not very good, is it? You're gonna probably die. If you go home and you give your plants lots of love and attention and care for them and feed them, they're gonna grow, not beautiful. You put them in a corner, you forget about them, neglect them, don't feed them they'll eventually die. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. So it is in God's kingdom. If you are feeding your sinful nature every day, then the propensity for you to fall into the traps of the enemy is much greater. You'll find yourself drawn to that all the time. But if you are feeding yourself spiritually and you find yourself in the presence of God, what happens is that intimacy with God begins to develop and grow and you begin to spiritually strengthen whereby you're not as inclined, if you will, to follow the desires of the flesh, right? What you feed grows, what you starve dies. So how can we allow the Holy Spirit to kind of navigate us through life that we're not as tempted to do what we know we shouldn't be doing and stay away from the traps of the enemy? Well, I want to give you two thoughts very quickly, and then I want to really just open up some time for the Spirit of God to move. First thing again, if you're taking notes, is this, is we must learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. We must learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts you will ever receive. Yeah. When Jesus finished his time of ministry on this earth, he said to his disciples, the time has come for me to now go and be seated at the right hand of my Father. But before you go out and do what I've commissioned you to do, I want you to wait because I'm sending another. I'm sending another that's going to empower you that's going to lead you, that's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to go to bat for you. He's going to help you. His name 
is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not it, it's He. It's God's Spirit literally living on the inside of you. And I say that because I want you to know you don't have to go it alone in this life. If nothing else, I want you to understand this morning that you actually have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You have a tower of heavenly strength to help you when you face those desires of the flesh, when you feel overcome, when you feel tempted. Amen. Paul says it like this, Romans 8, 12 to 13. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have, no obli- we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. To live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You have no obligation to the flesh. I love that. But just you don't understand. I've got... No, you, do, you have no obligation to do what the enemy is asking you to do. You have no obligation to follow the way the enemy is trying to lead you. For if you live by its dictates, what does the Apostle Paul say? You will die. I used to think that's pretty dramatic. Come on, Apostle Paul. I'm not going to die. Now, we can just get real for a minute. Who thinks that for a short time, come on, sin can be a bit fun, right? Come on. Don't all get holy on me now. I get holy on me. Sin in a short time, we just look the other way. It's the easy road, the wide road. Sin for a time can be fun, right? It's just, it's just it's what it is. The devil's not going to make it unattractive for us. It can be fun. But here's the thing. When you hold its hand for too long in your life, sin will mess you up. It will mess you up. And for those of you that need a new Christian bumper sticker on your car, 2021, here it is. Ready? Sin thrills, and then it kills. There's another one. Sin fascinates, then it assassinates. My personal favorite is sin is like sneezing, right? It feels good in the moment when it comes out, but then there's snot everywhere, right? That's my take on it. That's just the way it is. Sin thrills, and then it kills, right? And if I can get serious for a minute, it does. Sin kills marriages. It kills our ability to have intimacy with our partners. It kills our intimacy with our kids. kills our finances. It kills our ability to have credibility. If you hold its hand too long, what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, guys, trust me. You will die. But there is good news. There is hope. There's another way. Romans 8, 12. I want to read that again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have, no, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But... If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit. Another translation says it this way. Through the power of the Spirit. Notice this isn't your own strength. This isn't your own ability. This isn't your own effort. But through the power of the Spirit. Through God's divine Spirit on the inside of you. That resides in every born again believer. If by that spirit you begin to walk away from. You begin to starve. You begin to turn your life away from what the enemy is trying to get you to look at. It says you will live. God will make sure that you live. And I believe there's those here today that are going to lay hold of that. And with the help of the Holy Spirit this morning, are going to start to break off and move away from the things the enemy is trying to kill you with. Amen. I really believe that. I sense that in my spirit this morning. And I found this the other day, and I love it. It's a prayer that people who attend... Alcoholics Anonymous, which we know is an organization that helps people overcome addiction of alcohol, pray in their groups and their counseling sessions. And I think it's brilliant. And it says this. It says, we admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. And we confess we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore our sanity. I love that. Why? Because 
If you're a follower of Jesus, what is that power? What is that power? We know the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That is a power that is greater than ourselves. What I'm going to say right now, I think it's very true. When we can come to a point in the road in our journey, maybe, maybe we're struggling with things. Maybe we're wrestling with things. Maybe we've been bound with things. Can I say the first step forward is to be able to go, God, you know what? I can't do this. I can't make it. I'm not getting this right. I'm trying to parent, but I'm stuffing it up. I've lost money. I can't stop worrying. I wake up every day. I'm feeling depressed. I can't do it. I feel like I can't do anything about it. We confess. God, I feel powerless in the situation. So often we're so scared to do that because we feel like, well, maybe there's no hope if we don't have, if we don't have control, it's not going to work out. If we don't have a plan, it's not going to work out. I need to keep my eyes on where I think I need to go, but I want to just tell you this morning, church, that first step is to come to God. He wants you to come to Him and just say, you know what, it's okay. If you let me know you're powerless to overcome whatever it is you're struggling with, it's at that moment of confession. It's that moment where we come to a place and say, God, I admit that there's something greater in my life than I can manage. I need your spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. It's in that moment of confession. I want to tell you there is power in confession. God says, now I can move. Now I can move. Now I can do something that you can't do. But if you just confess it, I'll do it. I'll come in. You give God permission to move in your life. Here's my version of that prayer. I admit that I'm powerless over blank. What is that for you? But I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. Are you ready for some of you? This is it. What goes in the blank? God, I'm powerless over worry. I can't stop worrying about my kids. No matter what I do, no matter how many times I'm in this place, I just can't stop worrying. God, I'm powerless over depression. I'm trying to get out of this hole, but I can't. God, I'm powerless. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Would you come? I want to just give you a moment. You don't have to write it down. I know there's people next to you, but... Listen, there is power in confession. Coming to God and saying, God, here I am. Bearing all to you this morning. God, I've tried. I've given it a shot. But I can't climb out of whatever it is. God, would you help me this morning? Holy Spirit, I need you to do a work that I can't do in my life. Amen. You see, when we come together as a community of believers and we confess that and we pray for one another, I want to tell you it's in that environment healing begins. It's in that environment that we begin to find breakthrough in our lives. God is an amazing God. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to make me whole, to heal me. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to give me a second chance. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to make right what I can't make right. To open doors that I can't open, close doors I can't close. I admit that I need help from this. I want you to hear me this morning, church. What you cover never has opportunity to heal in your life. You gotta get it out. You gotta get it out. What you cover, you're only you're only as free as what you're willing to admit in your life. Because I want to tell you this morning, strongholds will always grow best when they're kept in the dark. But the Holy Spirit wants you to confess that you'll bring it to light. Doesn't matter, I've seen it all before. You're not gonna surprise the Holy Spirit. He's not gonna stand back and go, Wow, I didn't see that coming. But if you would uncover it. And confess it, God says, I will move on it. Confession. Confession. The second thing, very quickly, I want to talk about, if you're writing notes, is this. 
We've got to learn to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We're going to depend on His power. We need to learn, well, how do we follow Him in life? Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, put to death, starved the flesh, but now, since we live by the Spirit, we're going to learn how to follow Him. And what do I mean by that? I want to give you a very quick analogy. Many moons ago, many moons ago, I used to do a little bit of dancing. A bit of a ballroom dancer. Can't pass you, Christian. I'm sorry. It's not in the right shape. But I remember getting dragged, not dragged along to, I just wanted to go to it. But getting there and having a partner, and the first time we kind of got on the dance floor together, it was a train wreck, right? Because we didn't know each other. And I'm trying to follow her promptings, she's trying to follow my promptings, we're not reading each other, so we're stepping on feet, we're headbutting each other, and it just didn't look magical, didn't look like a Disney moment at all, it looked like something else. But amazingly what happened was the more that we got together and rehearsed and practiced and trained, and sometimes I did get dragged along because I was over it, but we turned up and we did what we had to do, the more we began to read one another. Yeah the more we began to anticipate what the other person is thinking without them saying it. And the more we stopped standing on each other's feet, the more we started to move in synchronicity together so that we started to actually look half decent on the dance floor and we moved as one in this routine and did what we did. That is what I'm talking about when I say keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. When you turn up and spend that time in God's presence, and spend that time in His Word. And spend that time in prayer. And say, God, I don't feel like it today. That's okay, be honest. But I'm coming to you anyway. Because I want to know you. And I want to connect with you. And I want to love you. And I want to open my heart to you. You begin to know Him. Understand Him. And then what happens is all of a sudden, you're driving somewhere and God speaks to you. You want to go somewhere, says, God, don't go this way. You want to make a decision? I don't have a peace. I'm not going to do that. Justin, I want you to stop what you're doing around. I want you to pray for someone. Oh, that's God. Why? Because I've come to know Him. Yes. Now we're moving together as one, right? Some of you are saying, well, if you knew my life, Justin, I don't have time to learn how to ballroom dance, right? It's not on top of my list. But I want you to do something for me, practical. I want you to start to be mindful, right? I'm going to get new age on you for a second. I want you to get mindful about the promptings of the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? Maybe for you it's a text, it's an email, it's a journal. I want you to start to document when the Spirit of God is prompting you. I want you to start to document when the Spirit of God is prompting you, whatever that looks like. Maybe you're driving down the road, you're listening to worship, and all of a sudden you get those warm and fuzzies. Ding, 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 ding. It's the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're reading the Word of God and something comes out and slaps you in the face. You've read it a thousand times, but there it is, like you've never read it before. Ding, 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 ding. It's the Holy Spirit. I want you to write that down. Maybe you turn up in the office and there's that really annoying person that you don't want to talk to. You kind of walk past like this every day, and then you feel God going, ah, turn around and go, hear what they have to say. Ding, ding, ding. It's the Holy Spirit. The more that you learn to identify the Holy Spirit moving in the life, the more you will understand and the more you'll realize... I'm starting to move in sync with God. I'm starting to move in sync with the Holy Spirit. And those roads that lead you to a place where you're far from God, the Spirit will begin to divert you off. Don't go down that path. Don't make that decision. Get up this morning and come and pray with me. I know what's happening in your future. I want you to start praying with me. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.